Hey there, my name is Chris Wallace, and I am the lead pastor at Hope City Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. We exist to lead people to enjoy Jesus and multiply disciples in real life. We are so glad you're checking out our podcast today. We hope this message inspires you, challenges you, and most importantly, draws you closer to Jesus in a real way. For more information about Hope City, you can check out our website at hopecitybismarck.com. All right, guys. Well, good morning. Welcome to Hope City. Last week, if I remember right, I, uh, I don't know if I promised it, but I did say Chris would be back this week. But as we talked about already, he is not back this week. Um, so I have the privilege to be able to, to preach again this week um, out of the book of Ephesians. This, uh, this passage of Ephesians 4 that we're studying over the past couple of weeks. We took uh, a one-week break. We did uh, James last week, and we're going to finish off in Ephesians next week. Um, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible, though. I just love the the unity of the body of Christ and what that calls us to. Um, and as followers of Jesus, we have been served by Jesus who humbled himself in love for us on the cross to save us. And now we've been called by Jesus into a brand new life with him. And our faith has been activated, and now we actually live out the realities of the gospel in real life. So as we continue to think about serving Jesus in advancing his mission and kingdom in the world, there is a huge question that we need to ask. It's where do we get the power to really live as the people of Jesus? Because I think if we're all honest here, we, we, we sometimes we feel inadequate to serve Jesus, or maybe we, we try, we give it our, our best effort and we, we just straight flat out fail or Maybe you, you have been going for a while and you're just kind of weary and tired. So I think we all find ourselves in our journey of faith. We find ourselves somewhere in those. It's, it's hard to always stay up like Jesus. That's, he was the perfect, um, the perfect one. We cannot be the perfect uh, people, but we have this empowerment from Jesus that we'll see. And the good news is that if Jesus has truly saved us, um, not just from something but for something, if he truly wants our lives to be lived, to be used for him in powerful ways, then he will give us everything that we need to do it. Uh, it's a promise, and it's a reality, and, and that's what we're going to look at today. So our main idea for today is that Jesus empowers us for what he calls us to do. Um, and as some of you may know, um, you may not know, but I do work along with working for Hope City. Um, I, I also work for the coffee supergiant Starbucks. And during my time with Starbucks, I've had leadership roles. I've been a trainer. I've been a supervisor. And in both of those positions, uh, one of my main roles was to train up our partners and empower them, was the word we'll, we'll continue to use today, but empower them to do their jobs. You know, Starbucks can, it can be a pretty intimidating place to work if you're new. Um, it, it's very fast paced. And if you, if you throw a brand new barista out there, we call them green beans at Starbucks. If you throw a green bean out there um, without any training, they're going to fall just flat on their face. They're going to fail. Um, and they would get so frustrated. They'd get down on themselves that they would give up before they even really got started with the job. Um, I don't do the work for them, right? But I equip them with everything they need to do the job that they've been hired to do. So in the same way, Jesus does not hire us, right? We are not hired by Jesus. We are saved by Jesus, and he calls us to serve him. He calls us to serve him and to make much of him in all of life. But he doesn't just leave us on our own to figure that out, right? He, he doesn't just say, good luck, or maybe we just need to try a little bit harder. 
uh, we were we were working on some sound stuff this morning, and Sean was he was trying to get everything right. He he kind of came to the end of all his tricks, and I was like, well, you should just do better. You know, it was a joke, of course, but our sound is fine. But it was just it was just a joke. But he doesn't leave us like that. He doesn't say, just say do better, right? He gives us examples. He is with us. We have his his life in Scripture to see as examples. We have all of God's word, and and he empowers us through that and through the Holy Spirit. He empowers us to do everything that he has called us to do. I have a couple of verses here um, from Second Peter uh, chapter one verse three. It says this: It says His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. And then another from Philippians four nineteen. It says, "And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus." So those are just just two verses, right, from God's word that, that show us that we have everything we need to do that which Jesus calls us to, that Jesus empowers us for what he calls us to. Again, that's our, that's our bottom line. Jesus empowers us for what he calls us to. So grab your copy of the scriptures. If you haven't already, we're in uh, Ephesians 4, and we're looking just at verses 7 through 10. So we're going to look at this, this truth out of God's word that Jesus empowers us as his followers in real life. Um, and so the first we have in verse 7, we are empowered by Jesus' provision, right? In the, in the first part of chapter 4, we looked at how um, we're commanded to live in a manner worthy of the calling that we've received. Uh, we, we see that Jesus has called us to new life, and we were called out of darkness and into his marvelous light, out of death and sin and into his resurrection life. And there's nothing more precious um, than that than that truth. And so Paul said to live in an appropriate way now as a result. Then in verses four through six, that's the emphasis on the unity of the spirit that we that that the one hope that we're all part of. We have one Lord, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all. And then in verse seven, Paul says something unexpected. He says that in the midst of all that unity in the body, Paul says that Jesus has provided for us each individually. And so we're a part of this glorious salvation. uh, And we're also unique and gifted with incredible diversity. So look at uh, verse seven here. It says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So every one of us has experienced this verse in one way or another. If you belong to Jesus, then this is true for you as much as it was true for the Apostle Paul. Each one of us, it says, according to the measure of Christ's gift. And that word measure is uh, it's the same way we use the word today. It's a perfect measurement. It's not, a, you know, like I, I like to cook. I don't like to bake with cooking, you can just kind of like eyeball it. You can throw some stuff in there. You add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that. I don't measure when I cook, but I don't like baking because you have to be very exact with what you do. And I can't do that. I'm just not a baker. I always mess it up or I'll just forget like baking soda. And then it's like, oh, it's all downhill, you know. So I don't bake because, you know, I, I'm not good at having those perfect measurements. At, to use Starbucks as an example, again, we have, uh, we have measurements for everything. You ever look at our cups? They have like lines on the cups. Those are intentional. Those are for us to to be able to see, like, oh, we're poor to this certain line. Or even our steaming pitchers have lines on the inside to uh, so we know where to pour the milk to when we steam. They take all the guesswork out of it. We have pumps for everything. It's all standardized. Um, and, and and the idea is that you could go to any Starbucks and your drink would taste the same. And so the, these measurements, right? They they just take a lot of the 
the guesswork out of what we do. They help equip us uh, to do our jobs properly. So Jesus Christ, in his perfect wisdom and goodness, has graciously gifted every believer with exactly um, what he wants them to have to fulfill their place in his body, that perfect measurement of what Christ has deemed for us. So just think about that uh, for a second. Let's just like, let's sit on that for a minute, that, that Jesus has gifted you and provided for you specifically as a disciple to fulfill your role as a member of his body. He hasn't gifted you to be me or me to be you or the person sitting next to you. Um, he's gifted you uniquely to be you. So the, 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 the truth here is that you matter in the kingdom. You matter in Jesus's church, in his church. So don't miss out on that because his provision is completely by grace. Paul says that, uh, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. This is not an accident that we have these unique gifts, these unique abilities. It was given to us by grace. Uh, this isn't about talent, though. It's not about talent or natural ability. This isn't about how good you are or how much you know or how much you have to offer. That's not the point of what Paul is saying here. But your role in the body of Christ is a gift that Christ purchased with his blood. So this means that we already have what we need to be who God has called us to be. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to measure up. We just need to discover how Christ has gifted us and live it out, right? We are empowered by Jesus's provision. Uh, so second, the second point, we, we are empowered with Jesus's power. This is verses 8 through 10. We're going to see this in. It says, Paul moves into a quote uh, from verse after verse 7. And then the quote is from Psalm 68, 18. Uh, psalm 68 is a psalm about God coming down to rescue his people Israel, then going up to Zion in victory. Paul's quote shows us that this psalm is actually about Christ and his victory in the gospel. So look at what he says there in verse 8. It says, Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended... Uh, what does it mean but that he also had descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also, or yeah, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens. So Jesus Christ is God who came to earth as a man and gave his life as a substitute for sin and to, to defeat all the powers of evil. He rose from the dead in victory and he ascended to the throne in heaven. And, and above everything else, he ascended over it. He received the name above all names, and he is now the king above all kings and the Lord of lords. So when he ascended, something incredible happened, right? He sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. Romans 8, 9 tells us, it tells us this. It says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not a, a life force or abstract kind of power for my, uh, for my, my master's degree in... Uh, I'm studying biblical theology, or I'm studying biblical theology as part of my master's degree. Anyway, what irrelevant detail. So we had a Zoom call with uh, um, with the with the president of the company who who has helped provide the curriculum uh, that we use at Bellhaven, and um, we had a Zoom call with him. And one of the questions that came up, we he he talked for about an hour, and then we had like Q and A kind of a thing. And one of the questions came up from one of the students. He said, "Explain the Trinity to me," and he he just like, kind of started laughing and. He's like, this is, the, this is one of those things that like, we all, we know to be true out of God's word that God was three and one all at the same time, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, 
you'll hear some people think that maybe the Holy Spirit is like a life force, but it's not. He is the Spirit of Christ who lives in us. He is actually the fullness of God in us. We could spend a year talking about the Holy Spirit, trying to understand that Trinity, the three in one. Um, but Jesus told us his disciples in John sixteen seven. It says this. It says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send you him to you. So those words there, helper, him, those are capitalized. That's not by mistake. The helper is the Holy Spirit. That is God's Holy Spirit. I will send him to you. So when we say that you have the resurrection power of Jesus living inside of you, that's not just a spiritual motivation. Um, that's a reality for all believers, right? We have this incredible power that lives inside of us, right? So if we, we think about power for a little bit here, we, you know, I like to, I listen to a lot of music. And so there's a lot of people that just have these incredible voices, so much power behind their voices. You know, you got the, like the super, super greats, right? You got like uh, Steve Perry from Journey, just insane. Just like when I listen to him sing, I'm just like, man, incredible. We listen to the power behind his voice. There's another band that I like, a band called The Struts. They're their guy, their lead singer, he's just got that classic rocker voice, just has all this power. He's a super low to super high. They're able to just sing with this incredible power. And we just look at it, we fear it, we, we think about it, and we're just like amazed by it. We are in awe. We're, man, there's such a powerful voice. It's so incredible, so amazing. We marvel at the power like that of just one man's voice. But yet we have this incredible power of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So right now, as a believer in Christ, you have this unbelievable power inside of you right now. Uh, the truth is that we are empowered with Jesus's power, right? We're not left alone. We don't have just this wimpy faith. You remember the old like hefty bag commercials, hefty, 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 and then the wimpy bags, wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. We don't, we have this hefty faith. We don't have this wimpy faith. We don't have this wimpy savior. We have this incredible power that has been given to us through faith in Christ, God's Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, it says this, it says, um, Paul prays that, that we would understand and see, this is the quote from the scripture. It says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us? who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So that's who you are in Christ, right? You are not this incomplete. You have been raised to new life in the fullness of Christ, right? And, and, you're not weak. You're not helpless. You are in Christ. You are indwelled by the Holy spirit. You belong to Jesus and you are more than a conqueror. You are free from sin and you are alive with resurrection power. And you're called to a new life of freedom and love in this world. So the question here to kind of think about for a minute is, is that true? Do you really believe that about yourself? And then how might your life change if you saw everything through that lens, through this amazing, awe-inspiring power that lives inside of us because of what Jesus did on the cross? Because that is true for every one of us here this morning that profess the name of Jesus, that believe in him and claim him as our Savior. So the last thing from verse 10 is the more of the back half that uh, the, we are empowered for Jesus' purpose. So the last phrase in this passage is very important, and it's an explanation clause. Is, uh, it's what we, we, we call it, and it tells us why Jesus has done what he has done. 
What is Jesus's purpose in the gospel? What is the point of his mission? And what is this all about? So let's look at uh, verse 10 again. We're going to read that. And it says, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So what is Jesus's mission here? It tells us right there at the very end. It says it's that he might fill all things, that his supremacy, that his glory, that his beauty and splendor and worth would saturate all people and places and things, that there would be a single place in heaven or on earth that there wouldn't, sorry, there would not be a single place in heaven or on earth that isn't filled with his glorious presence. So that's what Jesus is doing. That's what the gospel is all about. And that's what redemption is. So here's the part that we have to see and remember the context of this passage. It all goes back to verse 7. Uh, 8 through 10 are all grounded in verse 7. It says, how does Jesus fill all things? So we could read it if we broke it down. Um, like to paraphrase, we could read it like this. Um, this is the point that Paul is making. It's grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift that he might fill all things. So how does God plan to fill your home with the presence of Jesus? It's through you. It's through each one of us. How does he plan to fill Bismarck or Mandan or Lincoln? Us. How does God plan to saturate the whole world through Jesus, through his church, living out the grace of the gospel that he has put into our lives through the power of his spirit? So he has called us to new life with him. And this life, this mission this purpose, it changes everything about what we do. It changes everything about how we live. It takes us from looking at ourselves as these wimpy creatures that, that, have a, that have this thought in the back of our mind that, okay, this is what I'm called to do, but I don't know how to do this, or I'm not good enough to do this, or, you know, that's, that's so great that this person can share the gospel, but that's not me right? Jesus has called us all to that glorious purpose. If you remember when we started this, we, we are in one, one God, one spirit, one body, one mind. That is the body of Christ, right? We all are a part of this. You remember high school musical, we're all in this together. Anybody remember that? The only one, where's all my millennials at? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we remember that. Um, so we, we are though, we're all in this thing together. We're not alone. We have brothers at in the back of the room doing the dance now. That's right. And uh, we, but we are, we're all in it together. We have the, we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are here to strengthen us, to keep us along the path. Um, we have God's word, most importantly, that instructs us on how we should live. That shows us that Jesus empowers us for what he has called us to do. Um, so we'll talk about more of this next week, but as we, as we kind of wrap up, we have to ask a, a couple of questions here. The first and foremost, most important question we could ask is that, do you belong to Jesus? So all these things that we're talking about are true for those that belong to Jesus, but they're not true if you don't. So have you placed your faith in Jesus? To, and, and, and that's to save you from sin, to make you right with God, to make you new. Have you made that commitment to Jesus, to who he is, to his perfect life, to his death on the cross, to his resurrection and power over the death of sin. Do you have that? Do you know that to be true? And then our next question is, do you know how God has gifted you to serve in the body of Christ? So right now, are you living in the power of Christ for his purpose in your life? Uh, 
and how does how does God want you or want to use you in this church, not just Hope City Church, in the global church, Big C Church we're talking about here, in the body of Christ is what we say when we're talking church. What, how does God want to use you in his church? Do you know that? To serve our community this is where we get a little more personal. To serve our community, um, to serve those around you. What are, what are things that you're passionate about or burdens that are on your heart? God has gifted us each uniquely, right, is what it tells us. We, we each have individual lives, personalities, uh, things that are important to us, right? And, and we are all empowered by Jesus he empowers us for what he has called us to do. It's what we learned today. So as we, we're about to pray, and then we'll go into a time of response and communion. So I just want you to focus in on that. Is Do you know Jesus in your own life? Do you proclaim him as Lord? And then if you do, do you live in that power? Do you believe that Jesus truly has empowered us through the Holy Spirit, through God's word, to do all that he has called us to do? So let's pray together here this morning, church. Father God, I just uh, I want to first be thankful uh, for the life of Jesus. Lord, that you freely gave to us a Savior for our sins, that it is by grace alone that we can be saved and brought into a new life with you. Lord, I'm thankful that our Savior did that, that he was perfection, that he went to a cross, and Lord, he was nailed to the cross, and he died for our sins. And Lord, he, he rose in victory over our sins, and Lord, I'm just thankful for that. We praise you for that. Lord, it is my prayer that if anybody does not know that to be true in their life, if they don't profess Jesus as their Savior, that they find it. Lord, that they know that to be true. And Lord, that your word calls them to you. Lord, that through your spirit, that new believers, that believers all alike, God, that we would be empowered by your word, by your Holy Spirit, by the life of Jesus Lord, that we would be empowered to live out all that you have called us to. Because, Lord, we're, we're, not, we're not called to be just like somebody else, God, but you have gifted each of us uniquely. We just saw that out of this passage in Ephesians, God. You have gifted everyone in this room, every believer, to serve your kingdom, God. To serve not Hope City Church, not, not to serve our, our, our leaders, earthly leaders, God, but to serve you, to serve your kingdom to serve for your glorious purpose that you call us to. So Lord, it's my prayer that we would know that through scripture, through your word, through the life of Jesus and be empowered, be boldened by that Lord, not shy away from it, but Lord, that we would, we would chase after that in all of our might, Lord, that we would pursue you. And it's in Jesus name. We ask all these things. Amen.